Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I am swathed in dusk. I am beaten back by the half-light. I am conquered by birdsong and drunk on falling leaves. So take my hand and lead me to the moon underwater. An aching in my heart that that turns pintwood and then is relieved thus. And so I head into a dearly beloved pint this evening here at the Moon Underwater. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome all comers uh, and take a seat. Take a hearthside pew or booth because here at the Moon Underwater all your publy dreams come true. And I, John Robbins, am the landlord and beside me, beside me both in a literal sense and a metaphysical sense and an allegorical sense and a metaphorical sense is the lovely Robin. Hello, Robin. Hi, John. How are we today? How are we indeed? We are here. Yeah, we are here. We are here. And that's all we can be, really. It's all we can do is just be here. How have you found the moon underwater this evening? Very good. I mean... You know, one finds me um, with a slight cold, still testing neg, haven't left the house for three days. Apart from to come to the moon underwater. Yeah, but I've come here in my mind, so... Yeah, of course, because we're both here in our minds, and our mind is here in our in us. Yes, <laughs> our mind is in us. Uh, yes, I'm on the hot toddlies uh, tonight, which um, I'm, I'm loving, actually. I think I might just continue them beyond... Being ill. So talk me through your hot toddly. Lemsip honey whiskey. Oh. Really just a lovely drink. Don't mind if I do, don't mind if I don't. Um, I've had an enormous uh, oil painting of an archangel commissioned. <laughs> okay. uh, can you see it behind you? It's quite imposing. I did wonder what that was, yeah. Well, I, I think the problem was that, I mean, I wasn't clear with the artist what I meant by archangel. Mm. And that's because I wasn't clear what I meant. But I think he certainly captured the uh, 
captured the essence of it. Yeah, and there's a little play button at the bottom, and if you press play, you get to hear Archangel by Burial, which is it's very atmospheric, I think. Yeah, well, it's sort of... What I like is the mix of very traditional painting style yes. with a modern sort of interactive audio feature. Yes, yes, it's great. He's painted the MP3 in, which I really like. Like those statues that uh, you can scan a QR code and hear a little bit of sort of speech about the person the statue is of. Yeah, yes, yeah, indeed. Because sometimes you look at a statue and you think, who's that old geezer? <laughs> What's he? What's he doing here, emblazoned in brass forevermore? Oh God! How's your how's the how's your pubs been? How's your week in pubs? How's your pub in weeks? Um. Well, we went to uh we went to a few pubs. Guilty as charged. Mm. Uh, we went to the old Red Lion in Kennington, then the old Dog, the the Doghouse. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, and it all gets a bit blurry. Where did we go after the old red line before the curry? I think we went straight to Ken Clark's. <laughs> We've got quite Ken a rude. Clark's, <laughs> Ken Clark's Tandoori. Kennington Tandoori is apparently Ken Clark goes there every week. Never seen him there, but we we call it. I mean, we go there pretty much every week. Yeah, it's great. But we've got a kind of rude nickname for it, which we probably won't say here. But uh, yeah, we went there, and then we we were with our friend Phil and. We just we wanted you to stay because you always do a, a, a quick getaway after a curry. I do, and I stayed, didn't I? You stayed, yes. The the problem I have is, I was chatting to Ed Gamble about this the other day, because we were planning on meeting up and it then got cancelled for COVID. But he was like, well, "We'll go for a curry and then we'll go on a pub crawl." Yeah. I was like, "Are you completely insane?" Yeah. That, I mean that that's never ever going to happen. No, not for you. But I think I mean. This was a really interesting point in the Indian restaurant. We got totally Jedi mind tricked by the waiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were we were basically trying not to eat too much so we could go to the pub afterwards. And so there were three of us there, and we ordered one rice. And he just looked at us like we were completely no. He said that's not enough. <laughs> yeah. He said that's not enough, and I was like, okay, two. I just folded immediately. Okay, two rice. And then I ordered a side and a starter. Yeah. It's like we just can't help ourselves. We're always going to be like, oh, no poppadoms this time. We'll just order one rice, share an arm. And then something happens when the waiter comes over. You start ordering a dal. Well, it's the power. It's the um, a bargaining power of silence. Yeah. Because it, it, he says, like, are you sure that that won't be enough? And he's instead of fucking insane. That's what his <laughs> eyes said. And instead of going, no, we're, we're just, we'll be fine. You wait, and then you have to fill the silence. So you go, mm. oh yeah, okay, God, then it's a nine. I'll get yeah. two two nuns, two rice, and I'll have a I'll have a dal, and I'll have the chili pa- uh, the chili paneer. I put great great times, great times. But the thing is, so the reason I often do a quick getaway is not only just to get home, but it's to sort of avoid the pointless units that you just sort of shove into yourself afterwards. Boy, did I shove in some pointless well, units it, on Friday. Ex- exactly. And as I left, you were staring down the barrel of two pointless <laughs> units in the form of a pint of London Pride that I know you didn't want. Oh, Jesus. And you ju- you, you sort of like, you assessed it. Mm. And it sat in front of you. And it was almost like an irresistible force meeting an immovable object. And you... And, Whereas I had uh, t- two double Baileys. Jesus Christ. Was that in the doghouse? Yeah. Bloody hell. Great times, though. And some really good chats in the Indian restaurant where um, me, you and Phil were all kind of trying to G 
each other up, but kind of just not listening to our own advice ourselves. Yes. It's basically a really good conversation about mental health we were all having, all three of us, but none of us were able to actually action any of the messages we were telling other people ourselves. It was like Spider-Man pointing at each other. It was, yeah, it was like three very sad men telling each other how to be happy. Yeah, just like going, no, you just got to do this. You got to look at the positives. It's like, why don't you look at the positives yourself? <laughs> it was like that. It was quite weird. But I liked, and I and I think we need to get back into this, but the first pub we went to, the Old Red Lion, it's a really, really nice pub. And we stayed there for three pints. And it was quite nice to actually have a corner and have just really, really long chat. As I think sometimes I'm a bit guilty of wanting to go like three or four pubs a pint in each. But just to have yourself a little little booth, a little nook, and really talk about some incredibly private things, hopefully not too loudly. <laughs> there was a guy who came in and sat on his own next to us. And I remember thinking... I don't think we're talking loud enough for him to hear us. But then he put in his sort of Apple AirPods. Mm. So I've just I've just got half a mind that whether he had to block out our conversation. But then if you if you come into a pub on your own and there were lots of empty seats. Yeah. Don't sit re- not right next to a group who are having a sort of quite in-depth chat maybe. 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 It's not but... I mean it's not his fault. He was no. just having he was reading and having a glass of wine or whatever, but I did think Hope he's not recording this conversation in his voice memos. Shazamming our voices. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you could shazam people's voice. So it's like this, this is Robin Allender and he's having a conversation about shame. Yeah. But other great pubs I've been to recently, I must say, a couple of great pre and post gig pubs I went to over the last couple of weeks. I went to see... Sorry, this is very London-centric, but uh, I live in London. Um, but went to see the brilliant Irish folk singer John Francis Flynn at King's Place, uh, which is by King's Cross, so went to the Queen's Head afterwards, which is superb. What a pub. Wonderful pub. And I also went to see Turnstile, Kentish Town Forum, and went to the Southampton Arms before. And we've had a few people write in about Southampton Arms. Absolutely brilliant. And the really nice thing about there, it was quite busy, so I sat at the bar... And the guy ordered a drink next to me, and he turned over and said, um, "You know, oh, I, I you know, I, I listen to the podcast, I listen to the Moon Underwater." His name was Milo, really nice guy. So, hi, Milo. Hi, Milo. And um, I like that you said he turned over. He turned over. Turned round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were both in bed at the bar. Yeah. But then there was nowhere else to sit, so he sat by me. But he was also reading, so we were like kind of two reading buddies. That's nice to have a reading bud. But Southampton Arms. It's absolutely brilliant. We'll have to go there. Yes, yes. I don't often get up to Kentish Town, but I have been to a few gigs at the Forum, and I think I've been there. I think I've been there once. Is it massive? The Forum is huge. No, no, no. The South, the Southampton. Oh, Arms. right, yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of one big room with a bar on the right-hand side as you go in, and then there's a garden at the back. Okay. It's not massive. I've been to the other one that's massive. I, I heard earlier, Robin, a very, a sort of almost like a sigh of a lark. Mm. Like if a lark was sighing. And uh, I I looked out of the window because we've got about 50,000 larks um, in the back garden here, uh, all arranged along the walls and elders and magnolia trees. Uh, but it wasn't one of our 50,000 larks. It was your good self sighing for the mist mail. I sighed like a lark this morning. Um, and... 
some mists did beget themselves to me. Had some delightful mists this week. This mist is from Tim. Hello, John and Robin. Wonderful to have a guest from Denmark. Our last guest, Sophie Hagen, he's referring to. I bloody love Denmark. The flight is less than two hours and everyone is ace. I've worked with a company in Denmark for 12 years and I've made plenty of visit pre-COVID. The country is a delight, but let's focus on beer. It's wonderful for beer, bars and pubs. They do have pubs. In my humble opinion, it's second only to Britain for beers, bars, pubs and the delight in the experience of enjoying an alcoholic beverage with friends. But you must forget the beers you know, Tuborg and Carlsberg, and focus your eye on Mikela and Warpigs. Mikela's a really good one, isn't it? You get a few Mikelas in, 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 in the UK, don't you? Well, I have had a lot of their alcohol-free range. Yes. And I think their alcohol-free range is superb. Uh, I get them from Dry Drinker. Great. He says, these breweries for me produce the most delightful range of beers I've ever experienced. I implore you all to visit Copenhagen at least, at the very least. <laughs> so he ends the, <laughs> the mist. Really like that. Yeah, I would love to go back to Copenhagen. I've got friends there and yeah, I just... I'll come to Copenhagen with you. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Lots of bikes. Um, This is another lovely mist we've had in from Catherine and the subject heading of the mist is a pint of Baileys. Hi, John and Robin. Just listened to your episode with Sophie Hagen and the debate about why you can't buy a pint of Baileys. (laughs) It's because <laughs> I did my best to buy a pint of Bailey's in the uh, the old dog the doghouse, didn't I? Oh God, you did. It's because there's a legal standard for serving a single measure. Bailey's is fifty mil, and whilst you can buy multiples thereof, a pub bar cannot serve a pint of Bailey's as one measure. Um, thanks for the wonderful podcast, and John Joseph of the Radio X Halloween Sweets. Not sure what. She's, does that ring any bells for you? Uh, we were definitely sent some sweets on Halloween when we did Radio X. Yeah. He sends his love. He's still a big fan. I'm his ma'am. Oh, I know. I remember. He sent me a picture. I'm pretty sure he sent me like a a picture of uh, like an Ellison John crest or a Gryffindor oh, cool. sort of family crest. And I've still got it. In fact, it's on my bookshelf. Nice. Oh, I, that meant a very great deal. I, 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 I kept those sweets for long beyond their sell-by date. <laughs> and Catherine says, uh, I shall have a drink in the Crown Posada or Fitzgerald's for you next time I'm in town. So, oh, yes, mate. Another cracking miss there from the northeast, which I would... I, well, I actually am going to the northeast later this year. Where are you going? Well, I'm going up to Almuth. Are you going anywhere nearby or just... St- Direct Inject Almuth. Possibly Direct Inject Almuth, but Almuth is a hell of a pub town. Beautiful. But yeah, I would love to go to New- to Newcastle while I'm up there. And the final mist for this week is from Leo. Uh, and the subject is British non-British beer names. Good tidings to you both. Me and my friends do like to drink cans of San Miguel. Me too. But a few years ago, discovered the San Miguel Especial. Upon further inspecting the can, we discovered that it was stronger at 5.4%, but also had one of those location-protected stickers on it. This San Miguel is brewed in Spain and tastes incredible. Anyway, further to this, anyway, further to this, we decided that we can only refer to the Spanish-brewed San Miguel as San Miguel, and, ev- and whenever we purchase the Northampton-brewed version, we are only allowed to call it a can of St. Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> this has got me thinking, are there any other appropriate... Anglicised names for beers that market themselves as from another country but are brewed in the UK. Perhaps Birra Moretti becomes Morris Beer. Desperados becomes Desperation. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. A nice bottle of Desperation. Your input would be most welcome. Thanks for the pod. It fills me with joy every week. 
Thank you so much, Leo. That's a really good question. What about Foster's becomes Dr. Foster's went to Gloucester's? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I always, I sometimes like to say that um, Estrella is uh, Spanish for Stella, but that's a joke. <laughs> um, right. But this got me thinking, though, what about, does anyone have any good nicknames for beers or, or any drinks they like to have? For instance, I will often say I want a pint of Simon, meaning a pint of Amstel. Oh, nice. Would you say that to a bar member of bar staff you didn't know no i wouldn't know it'd be very confusing uh lots of people say numbers for cronenberg don't they that's another one pint of numbers pint of numbers i mean i did look into this to see if i could do any sort of fun translations of of uh european beers but like stuff a lot of the time like heineken it's called heineken because the guy who made it's called gerard heineken so you can't really have like an English translation. No, but you could sort of try and uh, appropriate it in a sort of punny way. Yes, right. Didn't um, didn't our friend Mike used to call those three thirty mil cans of Heineken bullets? Brain grenades. Brain grenades. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Western's organic. I used to call Western's moronic. That was a, yeah. That's a good one. I've not got any that spring to mind. But it's a good cue. It's a good cue. So write in with your favourite nicknames for beers. Yes, please. We'd love to have your mists. And that that could be a, some, some. We could have some fun. Could have. Could really make hay with that. I think. I think we could have a very good bit, a little hay making session, and <laughs> end up with a couple of lovely bales to sit on uh, out in the barn. Yeah. So we've got a big barn here, which we uh, do for corporate events, weddings, and hoedowns and funerals, and funerals. Uh, yes, wakes. Yeah. Wakes, always, very often in a pub. Uh, careful if you go into a pub and everyone's wearing black, not to say, oh, you blooming, you got been to a funeral, because they may say, yeah, yes, I have. Mm. I am. So, folks, if you want to send a mist and hear that beautiful lark's sigh, uh, send it to john at moonunderpod.com, and we will read it out and discuss your intricacies. But I must, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to... Uh, Unplug the MP3 from the Archangel because it's starting to. You know when a sort of a Christmas card starts to run out of battery. Oh yeah. The song is sounding a little bit sort of slowed down and drunken, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I need to get that sorted before this week's guest comes in. Um, so Rob, if you could man the bar, I'll uh, I'll switch that off, and uh, we await our visitation. then robin have you noticed the peacocks out back mm, yeah i mean beautiful display beautiful sound beautiful sound but they've arranged their splendid feathers those sort of aquamarine to purple to green to blue feathers to spell out the word desire of all things and i'm guessing that they've been tipped off by uh, this week's guest to signal his coming hence and now, yes, they are turning towards the door. The peacocks in formation are pointing their desire feathers at the door uh, because here he is, into the moon underwater, walks Scroobius Pip. Hello, mate. Hello, gents. How are you? It's good to be here. Lovely peacocks. They are, aren't they? They're some of the best. Yeah, exceptional. If you want to breed from them, their juice costs about £10,000 for a cup. 
That's good to know because I I have found peacocks are regularly underwhelming because you think of these beauties, but there's a lot of 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 dull, un unexciting looking peacocks. Mm. In case you're in case you're in the don't basically don't get caught out on eBay by someone who's up to the the settings on their photos and increase the vibrancy and end up getting a dull peacock. Well, these peacocks, they're neither underwhelming nor overwhelming. They're just really whelming. Oh, they're so whelming. Mm. They really are. Peacock juice is a, a lovely phrase there, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. S- spoiler alert f- for some of my later ch- ch- choices. <laughs> 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 so, Scroobs. Can I call you Scroobs? You can. Go ahead. You say it beautifully. Your name f- just feels like it was made to... to echo around the chambers of the moon underwater. It's a very mystical name, Scroobius Pip. I really do like it, and I think I might just carve it into the bar right now. Oh, I'm happy with that. Didn't you have a a big old pub sesh when you got 100,000 followers on social media? I did. On on Twitter, I told everyone that if I get to 100,000 followers, I'll take as many as want to come out for a drink. And then I got there... And I, I made good on my promise. I picked a pub and said, anyone who wants to come along, come and have a drink. And um, yeah, we had a whole load of people. I promised everyone one drink. Thankfully, it was only like 80 or 90 people. Still a fair amount, obviously, but it wasn't the full 100,000, thankfully. They weren't all local to East London. So so I um, I made that work. Which pub was it you went, you went to? I went to the bedroom bar purely because... I was doing, I, I was just moving the club night I'd run in Shoreditch for a while to the bedroom bar. So I thought they might do me some deals. And sure enough, we got a certain amount of free beers from one of their regular suppliers. So um, yeah, I was onto a good thing. <laughs> Were you at all slightly terrified that like 600 people might show up? Absolutely. I was completely uncomfortable and and, and 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 nervous about it. I'm a fan of a quiet a quieter drink anyway, so even without me footing the bill, it was already an uncomfortable um scenario. But you gotta stand by your tweets, man. I I I put it out there. I'm not one to to back down, so yeah, we made it work. Well either stand by them or stay up till four in the morning having read so you've been publicly shamed reading every single one of them and then deleting uh a, actually a fairly small handful yeah i i regularly think about just doing a full delete just j- just for safety i don't know what's in my past i've been on there for over 10 years i was an idiot 10 minutes ago let alone 10 years ago because i think i think i'm right in saying that was it john holmes used to have a after his f- show on radio x on xfm i think it was once a month used to have a big pub meetup at the admiralty for for his listeners which is a sort of amazing dedication to sort of communicating with your fan base but i would find it very intense was it quite intense or was it very it was it just sort of all good fun it was it was a mixture of the two right because again there was also a lot of people there I learned quite quickly there was a lot of people there who were just nice but quite nervous. But equally, I was like, I've made a deal of this. So I made a point of going round to each table at some point to to sit and have a chat and hang out for a bit. But yeah, it did feel like work. It didn't feel like (laughs) a, a pub hangout. It felt like a public appearance and I had to go and be Scroobius Pip in everyone's 
faces. So yeah, it had a level of intensity. Do you drink at the moment, or do you? Um, I I I drink. Quite rare. I drink a handful of times a year, basically. I've People assume I drink a lot more than I do because at least once a year I do a drunk cast on my Distraction Pieces podcast where m- me and two mates just drink for five or six hours and record all of it and then release it and try not to think about it again. Again, it's not, it's not my tweets I'm worried about. It's the previous episodes of the drunk cast that I, I worry what could be in there. But yeah, I do that and then, yeah not not that regularly at all it's a weird one i used to drink a fair bit growing up in essex and then being a touring a musician i'd have a bottle of rosé each night on the the stage for some reason it was my chosen wow tipple and then i can't remember how long ago now it's got to be coming on for 10 years ago now i was dating someone who was teetotal who was fine with me drinking but it made me make it a conscious choice every time if that makes sense. Growing up in Essex, it was never previously a conscious choice. It was, we're going out. Oh, I'm getting drunk then. It wasn't, do I fancy a drink? Am I in the mood for a drink? It was, what can get me drunk the quickest? So yeah, I suddenly realised that I wasn't that into drinking as a default, I guess. So yeah, I've eased up a, a, a fair bit. Wow. And so when you took your listeners out, were you on a drinking jag then or <laughs> yeah i was on more of a drinking jag then. yeah yeah definitely um uh, the, I, I i stopped doing my club night j- just before the pandemic and my club night was once a month and then once every two months and that was always uh i want to be f- fairly drunk before i start djing but not too drunk but by the end of my set i want to be drunk enough to be able to just enjoy the rest of the evening so, so yeah a fine balance so with the drunk casts do you wake up the next day with a just an incredible sense of shame and worry that you've said awful things because i if ever i do a i think podcast, you might be projecting it <laughs> <laughs> but i just i immediately wake up and think i need to hear that recording before anyone else hears it there's an element of that the two people I do the drunk cast with are two of my oldest mates who do a podcast called Hardcore Listing, which is a, a list-based p- podcast, um, Chris and Stu. And Chris almost always gets the most drunk and rowdy and offensive out of the three of us. And I guess because it's my podcast, no matter how much I drink during the body of the podcast, I keep a level of levelness yeah because i'm running things and i'm i'm in charge of the recording everything it like if if i don't keep my wits about me in some way it'll it'll all go to pot but so, so it tends to be after we've stopped recording that the drunkness hits me we did a christmas one once with everyone from the network and we recorded it in in a podcast studio and on the drive home we had to pull over f- i think Five times for me to be sick and one time for me to poo in a bush. (laughs) But you listen to the podcast and I'm running the show. I'm on top of everything. But it really hit me as soon as we uh, as soon as we wrapped. So, wow, it's a hell of an image. I think the thing I find with like recording stuff drunk, because we've done we did a few live shows of this last year. I think the thing is, it's not that like you regret saying stuff. It's just that you have a completely different perspective on how it went. Mm-hmm. versus the reality like so we did a couple of the live ones where we had a few drinks on stage and it ended you know you think god that was good i was being so funny and you listen back and you go 
yeah, I can tell that I think I'm being so funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just this total kind of misreading of it. Your level of funny is normally directly um, transferable to your level of loudness. Yeah. Um, I'd always, like, there's a clip at the end of the drunk cast. I'm always like, why am I shouting that? Like, I know I'm trying to be funny or make a point, but yeah, everything gets incredibly loud and unruly. Could you uh, tell us about some of the pubs in Essex uh, that you went to growing up? Whereabouts in Essex were you? Um, I live in a small town called Stamfordly Hope in Essex, and most of the pubs in my area are too rough for someone that looks like me and (laughs) into the music or kinds of things I was into. So there's a load I'd drink in every now and then, but there's one that's... it's. I mean, it's kind of become the, the... the blueprint for a lot of what I enjoy in pubs. There's there's a pub that's about a 30-minute walk and it's kind of up a hill and into kind of a fieldy area. It's called The Bell. It's on Horndon on the Hill. And that was my, yeah, my, my, my local pub, really. That's where we'd go for a good drink, a good night, feel relaxed, feel comfortable and, yeah, and then stumble home down a hill in the dark i'm just looking at it in my mind scroobs and it looks absolutely gorgeous and it looks exactly what you want a sort of a country pub to be it's ivy flanked on every wall it's got rooms you can stay in that look absolutely amazing and it's got a sort of a long thin beamed vaulted ceiling with oh yes Oh, I'd really, really like to go to this pub. A nice fireplace, some really just big wooden tables. Um, and then on 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 now the other half of it, it's got kind of an award-winning restaurant, which means the bar food options are always, yeah, a good a good standard. So yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. And there's there's a pub literally, I think, next door or two doors down, which a lot of my mates and again, this will this will come up later. But a lot of my mates would prefer that one because you never know if someone's going to start playing a folk set or doing some impromptu songs. And that's why I never went in that one, and why I always went in the bell because the appeal of the safety of, n- of no one getting up and doing an acoustic set or or, or some kind of j- jaffery. I was like, no, I just want to sit with my mates near a fire and drink such a great way to describe a pub it's like oh yeah it's this wonderful pub just where no one ever gets up and plays any instruments <laughs> yeah yeah i was worried about what if you got up but just like someone you know someone just started telling a loud joke or something you just had to awkwardly sit back down again wait for your turn you know you st- stood up at the same time as someone else you know i'd just be too worried about all that happening that palaver but <laughs> but yeah that was definitely the spot that was my my drinking place of youth and i remember i've I remember the first night I went there, I went with older friends, um, so I probably wasn't legally meant to be in there. Um, I'm very tall and very hairy, so I don't want the bell to get any disparaging uh, views here. It wasn't their fault. I snuck under the cover of of, of size and got quite drunk and ran a lot of the, the way home down the hill and just fell and skidded along this gravel. I've still got the scar on my on just above my elbow and yeah i've got fond memories of going into um the local burger shop to uh to get 
tissues to clean up my wounds from my first night of of drinking in a pub pre that it was all drinking in parks and at train stations and whatever else but my first night from drinking in a pub drunkenly going into the burger place to get um napkins to clean myself up was was a typical essex <laughs> pub night really so is the pub we're going to create this evening for you here at the moon underwater is that going to be similar to the bell yeah i think it is i think that has to be my my blueprint essentially i think I was thinking about it earlier, and for some reason, and I think it probably is r- related to those early memories in the belt. I like sitting round a big table. Um, I think I've got the kind of f- face that instantly becomes quite regal around a big wooden table, or <laughs> may- even noble. So I, I feel very like um, a large wooden t- a t- a table suits me. And I said, things like a fireplace and all of that kind of wooden beams and so on and so forth is is perfect for me in a in a pub. So do you like to kind of hold court? Is that what you mean by being kind of regal? Do you like to kind of no, not really. I, I'll 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 take my turn, but I I just like to yeah. There's just I don't know. Yeah, I I I, I like that. I like a mixture. I I like a collection of friends. And one, maybe two wild cards around the table. Right. Someone who's either a regular in there that you don't know that well or someone's brought a friend along. I like the risk of of, of, of an unexpected um, character. Do you know what, Scroobs? You have the look a bit of the, a Knights Templar about you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's that kind of vibe, isn't it? So I could imagine you in ye old trip to Jerusalem in Nottingham. setting off for a journey into foreign lands and i think that's it i think you the journey part's an interesting one there because i think i would place my pub at least 30 minutes walk away because i think there was Mm. something in that particularly as a youth there was something in that in walking over over train tracks and up a hill and through you know a, a, a field or whatever to get there yeah and then that's how different that walk is on the way back. Not only because it's downhill, but because everything is is tinged with the the the, the joys of the evening. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In this pub with its big table and uh, your regal setting, perhaps in one of those quite tall but wooden-backed chairs. What what are you having on draft? What are your two draft choices? So my first up is, um, you know, as said, because I don't drink too much anymore, the, all of my choices, quite rightfully, have got wonderful memories attached. And the first one, I've only drunk on one night um, in my life, and it was in Dublin... Um, and it was in 2017, I was doing a live podcast there, and my surprise guest was B- B- Blind Boy from the Rubber Bandits. And when we finished, he he wanted to take us out, out for a drink, and he had a few good recommended places for, for late pints, as he would call it. So generally anywhere that's... Pro- I don't know if they're meant to be open that late, but we'll be there after we've done the show and all this. And we, we walked around to a couple, and he found one and, and led us in. And it's a beautiful thing being out with or any interaction with a blind boy in Ireland because he's so famous there but only when he's got a plastic bag on his head he's a performer who performs with a, pl- a plastic bag on his head so to to get into the 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 podcast um he struggled to get in because he went to the kind of entrance and they didn't didn't know who he was or recognize him but because he didn't have his, his his plastic bag on. But going out afterwards, you're with this person who's iconic in that area, but no one will b- bother him or hassle him because he's not got the bag on. But uh, we went in this bar for late pints, and it was real three or four old Irish men in there dr- drinking. It wasn't some rowdy a young bar. And I looked at the, at the pumps, and there was... Genuinely a glowing, obviously, a, 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 a glowing badge for a Guinness Amber Pale Ale. Mm. Ooh. And I thought, I'm going to tr- try that because I'm not, I used to be a Guinness drinker. I'm not much of a Guinness drinker anymore. But I thought, I'm in Ireland. I don't want to drink s- s- something from anywhere other than Ireland. And I've, I've looked into it because of, 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 of thinking about it for this. And it was the Guinness Dublin Amber Pale Ale. And from what I can see, it was only available that year or in a select amount of pubs. It was certainly only on draft in a hand, handful of pubs. And it was just beautiful. It felt l- like the right d- drink to be having. It genuinely had a just a glow about it. And yeah, just really a nice, smooth, zesty um, p- pale ale. But it still had a, b- a bit of a body to it. So it still felt Guinnessy. It still had... Uh, a mist, I guess. Yeah. 
Oh, God. I've never even seen nor heard of this. I genuinely I... assumed it was readily available in Ireland until I started to try and f- figure out what it was I drank. And, yeah, I came to I came, came to this. And it, I, I checked the year that we were doing the podcast, and, yeah, it's all... It lines up. Wow. Oh, it's four and a half percent. Is it? Is it kind of a limited run kind of thing? Or yeah. Did you oh. have a limited run after you'd uh, in a bush? After you'd, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, sorry. Yeah. Of course. It was. <laughs> it, it, but it, it, and it, it, again, that night gave everything I wanted from a night because bl- 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 Blind Boy is a very intelligent uh, man, and he'd brought along a friend who was a history teacher. So me and my mates Stu and Chris essentially just sat there and had these amazing Irish history lessons in this late pub, just dr- drinking this beautiful amber ale. That's fantastic. I mean, I think that because you're a great conversationalist, I mean, do you, when you said earlier about what you, you like kind of, um, you know, being regal and sitting at the bar, do you, I mean, is it the conversation of a pub that you like? Because I think I, I always love being in a pub with people where, there's never a slump, you know. There's never a lull. I think so. I, th- I, 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 I think I realised the reason I took naturally to doing a podcast is I love conversations, but I don't necessarily want to talk about uh, myself. I find that quite boring and quite uncomfortable. But hearing other people talk and leading them along, not just sitting there as an impassive part of the conversation, bringing them along is an absolute joy. So yeah, that night in that pub with that drink hearing all sorts of tales of irish history and when different people in in the 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 black panthers and different revolutionaries from america came and visited ireland briefly and the difference they made and all sorts of things like that it was yeah a wonderful evening i i'm so jealous of your first choice because i've never tasted it and from what i gather never will but that, isn't that so nice that sort of a memory of a of a lovely evening is set to a pint that will never return. I'm I'm a little bit obsessed with things like that. I think in this time where everyone can have anything at any time, I love stuff that you can only have in this moment. It's why we never streamed any of our gigs and things like that. It was like no, you need to be in the room and experience it. And yeah, it it yeah, it's become a, a bit of an obsession. I stopped doing music, but and the last ever gig I did was announced as my last gig and there was like 10,000 people there who all knew it was our last gig and that's now preserved mm. as my last ever gig. So every time I get asked to do another gig, I look at it and go, well, it's not going to be as good as that, is it? That's now preserved as my last ever gig. That's that's perfect. And I think there's, yeah, there's some beauty in that. So what's your second draft choice? Now my... A second draft choice is a tough one because I know there's a rule on, on on specificity, but I don't know what it was I drank. Um, so <laughs> I, 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 I need some magic from you guys here. But it was when I was on tour in 2012 um, doing music and we had a day off in Bruges and one of our touring partners, party a, a, a rapper who was supporting this american rapper called b dolan was the master of finding like obscure places and things to do on yelp or whatever else and he'd found this recommendation of this pub in bruges that has no sign above the door nothing to imply it's a pub it had a photo of a blue bicycle that's permanently locked up outside and that's how you know it's that door 
So you, we were finding this street and going off of a photo. And when we went in there, there was room for maybe two tables of people at best. Like the walls, absolute f- fire hazard, covered in bikes, lanterns, all sorts, candles, light and everything. But what we'd read and what turned out to be true is there's the guy who runs it has various beers on on draft but all you can do is order how many drinks you want he will bring you what he wants to bring you on that night i assume he's only got one or two pumps and he's you know he's he's changing his his barrels whenever he chooses so we all drank small kind of the kind of european i guess half pints of of these dark dark beers and they were glorious. And again, the mood and the atmosphere probably added something. They were incredibly strong. Um, the walk back to our hotel was wrought with injury, in fact. One of our touring party um, tried to climb on a, 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 a cannon and fell off. And, oh. and <laughs> So he went to the burger shop and got some napkins. And, yeah, got know. some napkins <laughs> from the burger shop, as is tradition. Um but yeah, it was a beautiful place. And what's again to to speak again of 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 what John was talking about there was, I've not been able to find any more details of it f- for this. I've spoken to our tour manager at the time who who remembered it and B Dolan, and he was saying he found it on Yelp, and it, I said n- no names. So so I would like my my second draft to be the choice of this strange old man in Belgium. Amazing. Um, whatever he decides to put on there on any day that's what you get and you get what you're given i love this though but yeah this is the theme this kind of thing of scarcity of special moments that can't be recaptured and everything and again i think it 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 also because when i've (laughs) i've 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 been thoroughly enjoying the podcast and, and when it was suggested i come on i first said no, I don't really drink. <laughs> but it's finding these things that because I don't drink that r- regularly, there's these one-off moments or these periods that have got these real memories attached t- t- to them. And yeah, it suddenly I suddenly thought, well, if I get to build a pub that get allows me to revisit these moments, then that's that's the perfect pub, right? Because as as we say, I, at, in in my current life, I can't. So until we build this pub, yeah. <laughs> I can't have these drinks again. So it then became a necessity. So I'm going to put down your choice as unnamed beer from unnamed barman from unnamed bar in Bruges. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I think I'm looking at a pub called Brugsbergi, brackets daisies, which does have a bike outside. Is it blue? The bike isn't blue, I don't think. It could have changed. It's been a long time. Mm. But... Well, I mean, this bar, even if it wasn't the one you went to, looks like the greatest bar in mainland Europe. Oh, I I had a lot of fun just searching for hidden bars in Belgium because that drew up some places that I want to go. It didn't draw up the place I I found. I've got a photo of it. I'll I'll send it to you after we talk. I'd love to see that. Someone took a photo of me and B. Dolan because he's this big, burly American rapper and we're on a rap tour and we were just sitting opposite each other under beautiful candlelight um and we yeah we took a moment to to gaze into each other's eyes Mm. 
With much excitement, I can reveal that I have been able to navigate the contours of the pub time continuum, and, via a portal beneath the optics, I have managed to travel back in time to interface with my past self. Greetings, I am Robin from the future. Come to tell you of the amazing achievements that will come your way if you continue on the path of pub going. Oh, wow. Cool. You could sound a bit more excited, but okay. You'll be thrilled to know that you currently co host a podcast where famous guests come on to talk about their dream pubs. What's a podcast? It's like a radio show where people talk over each other on the internet. Sorry, are you still there? There might be a problem with the pub time continuum. No, no, I'm, I'm still here. So, are you, like, really rich? Well, it depends what you mean by rich. Well, I was about to apply for this really well-paid job, but if you think I should stay in the pub, then I'll get around it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's important to weigh these things up. No, no, if you think I should stay in the pub to be on a podcast, then that's what I'll do. Podcast. Whatever, man. Cheers. Cheers, I think. Mission... Mission successful. Mission achieved. Really good. Yeah. Happy with that. So far, we have Guinness Dublin Amber Pale Ale, which you can't get anymore. We have a choice of an unnamed beer from an unnamed barman from an unnamed bar in Bruges. What on earth are we going to have for your bottles or cans, Scroobs? What, what, are, you, what are you going to choose? Oh, this is going to completely catch you off guard because my first bottle choice is Pepsi Max. Ooh, Don't mind it, lovely. mate. Couldn't be further from the first two choices. <laughs> readily available in all good supermarkets. You can have it in your fridge. So what? what is your sort of uh, distant ephemeral memory of Pepsi Max? So the, the connection to Pepsi Max also comes into the first of my spirits. So on the drunk cast over the years, I've invented what I'm calling a cocktail. It's a very basic thing, but it's called it's called the Scroobius. And they'd mock me for ages t- telling me to stop trying to make a Scroobius a thing. But now if you look Scroobius up on Irv- Urban Dictionary, it says what my cocktail is a cocktail that is a mixture of do, do you want me to sh- sh- share the uh, uh, the spirit now i guess as yeah, well I we know can break- fill that in we can fill that in in advance mm. yeah so the it's sl- sl- slingsby rhubarb gin Ooh. so the it started off as just g- g- gin and pepsi max and this came about because of doing my club night and <laughs> i'd stopped touring so i wasn't getting the 90 minutes a night of cardio so and I'm getting a bit older so I wanted a drink I could drink a lot of at my club night and not worry about the calories and and the pounds I'm adding on so I thought Pepsi Max it had just come out or it'd been it'd been out a little while at that point and the whole point was zero calories zero sugar oh it's good news and I thought I'd add gin I would love it if that was the marketing campaign. Zero calories, zero sugar. Oh, it's good news. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good. I'm, I'm open to, to that voiceover. I mean, they can take it straight from the podcast if they want <laughs> at, a, at a split cost. Um, but yeah, I had that at, at the club night for years. And then I started having it on the podcast. And because it started to get 
talked about a bit and people had sent me pictures of having their gin and Pepsi Max and I wouldn't accept it with Coke Zero or regular Pepsi. It's gin and Pepsi Max. A, a gin company reached out and said, oh, can we send you some gin for the um, the drunk cast? And I, obviously I welcomed that. And the first one, I had their regular gin. It was l- l- lovely. But all the time on this, Stu and Chris have been have maintained it tastes appalling it's not a drink it's it's an abomination <laughs> the the year i did the rhubarb gin and pepsi max they all became addicted to it and had oh. to concede that it's a thing of beauty and that's now what i maintain as the as the true scroobius i'm imagining it tastes kind of kind of like sweets has it got that very like yeah it's got that sweets taste but the weird thing is because pepsi max hasn't got any actual sh- sugar in it doesn't feel quite as sickly as 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 you'd imagine and i do have a sweet tooth but i can drink an awful lot of this um as as, as demonstrated on all the drunk casts but does a spirit and mixer technically count as a cocktail if you name it i think yes. you're probably right because isn't a What's a screwdriver? Isn't that just like vodka and orange? Vodka and orange juice. Yeah, that's ex- that was exactly my defence. Was when I learnt a screwdriver was just vodka and orange juice. Like, well, there you go. That that counts as a cocktail. I'm I'm mm. claiming it. Well, it's a s- snowball's just two things, isn't it? Yeah. Well, a bit of lime. Lime. Wow. I'll accept a bit of, of lime in a scroobius if you're pushing me. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So we've uh, we've got Slingsby rhubarb gin as one of your spirits. We've got Pepsi Max as one of your bottles, therefore allowing you to make the scroobius. Uh, what's your second bottle or can? So I'm going for um, a bottle of of Asahi. Mm. Oh, nice. nice. Um, and I didn't mention. Uh, this earlier is I wanted to maintain some mystery as we go throughout the podcast but outside of the drunk cast the only really other time I drink is I have one bottle of of beer with a curry so anytime I'm getting a takeaway curry I have a bottle of beer and it used to be cobra and I'm mixing my 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 areas of Asia here but Asahi's taken over um and there's a key part in this, which again is going to be a key part in the pub. As soon as I order my my Indian a takeaway, I get a pint glass, I give it a little run under the tap, and I pop it in the freezer. Nice, um, because I need a frosty, icy glass to have my have have my um my beautiful Asian beer in. And yeah, that's how we serve our asahis in in the pub. Nice. I love a frosted glass. Another big name in the podcast community who likes a uh, cold Asahi is Mark Kermode. Right. Yeah. It's very, very crisp, isn't it, Asahi? Mm. I I heard about it. So, as said, up until four or five m- months ago, it tended to be a Cobra or one of the more obvious kind of curry accompanying ch- choices. And then I think it was I heard Ed Gamble talking about Asahi on 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 off menu and i thought i'll give that a try and i've not looked back since it's as i said it is it's that crispness it's not too carbonated Mm. um so it's just got it's really again it's perfect with with a curry it doesn't taste as strong as it is it wears its abv quite well because i think it's 5.2 percent isn't it rob or something like that i think it is over five I think you've. I've seen you have have a pint of Asahi on a hot summer's day last year. 
I had a pint of Asahi in the windmill, that pub that reveals itself just down from Tamasis Dock, where the idea of revealing pubs came from when I walked down this side street on the way to a gig and just thought, what the fuck is that? It looks amazing. I love it. I was, I was expecting a bottle of rosé for your second bottle choice there. That was your tip yeah, on stage, no, you said. Yeah, I, I, I realised that rosé was my choice on stage because it would give me enough confidence and courage quick enough as the gig goes on. It didn't have bubbles, which is absolutely key. So, so when I'm running around or when I'm doing a nice, delicate spoken word piece about suicide, I don't want to burp. I don't want to burp halfway through and absolutely ruin the mood. So, yeah, a bottle of rosé became the easy thing to just have in my hat, mic in one hand, rosé in the other, and that was my version of of spoken word rap swag. Doesn't the uh, singer from The National, I think his onstage drink is a pint of white wine. I love it. It's quite extraordinary. It would get warm is the problem. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd have a little an ice bucket on stage so I can pop it back in there. But if I'm being honest, rarely did I pop it back in there. You'd put it down on the stage or wherever else, or keep it in your hand. Well, what a pub we have revealing itself before our very eyes. It's got a big table with Scroobius Pip looking noble, as if he's about to head off to conquest some foreign land. It's got wooden beams, a fireplace, but crucially, it's 30 minutes walk away. So it always begins with a journey. And in that pub, we have Guinness Dublin Amber Pale Ale, a choice of an unnamed beer from an unnamed barman from an unnamed bar in Bruges, Pepsi Max and Asahi. But before we take a break, before part two, we head over to the esteemed Robin Allender for the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. So welcome to this week's pub quiz. No phones, have some self-respect. As ever, I will ask three questions and we will go through the answers in part two. This week the quiz is about London underground stations, but I have phrased the questions sort of like crossword clues. So they're kind of cryptic clues which reveal an underground station name. For example, Angry Henry would be King's Cross. Stuff like that. You know, it's a bit of fun. (laughs) It's a bit of fun, isn't it? (laughs) Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. So question one, Amy Winehouse's hairdo. Amy Winehouse's hairdo. Which London Underground station is that? Amy Winehouse's hairdo. Question two. (laughs) This is so bad. (laughs) Question two. A street where it sounds like a pig and a baby are being sentenced. John's looking kind of... I think John might be getting that. Scroobius is looking a bit confused. A street where it sounds like a pig and a baby are being sentenced. And... Question three is mixed prime nuts. Okay, so if you're, I might, I might, I'm going to give you a bit of help with this one. If you're a crossword fan, you might kind of get this, but sometimes you have like a little anagram indicator. So my anagram indicator is mixed. So mixed prime nuts. 
Basically, it's an anagram of prime nuts. Which tube station <laughs> is an anagram of prime nuts? So there we go. That's the quiz. Wow. Well, I've not got any so far, I'm afraid. I think I've got one. I think I've got one. You think you've got so one. I'm, I could steal it. If I was doing the crossword and it was tube station, I'd, I'd put an exclamation mark after Amy Winehouse's hairdo. Uh, sometimes that's a bit of a clue. That's the one I think I've got. Okay. Less clues on that one, please. Okay, okay. The street where it sounds like a pig and a baby are being sentenced. So sounds like in crosswords is like, it's not actually... Right, the... you need to... Don't tell us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little bit of mystery. <laughs> Let's keep it mysterious. There's lots of mystery going on in the podcast so far. Okay. Well, fantastic pub quiz there. I'm not sure the gap between episode one and episode two is going to be long enough for me to get any right. <laughs> But folks, before we leave you, uh, we'll see you back in episode two. And do head to moonunderpod.com to find out how you can involve yourself with the uh, upkeep of this historic pub through the medium of Patreon. And also send all your correspondence to John at moonunderpod.com. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.